Hello, Centennial family and friends. This is Jeremiah. Um, I made a mistake uh, on the last Wednesday night uh, recording of the Book of Ruth, and by mistake I mean that I did not record it. Uh, I uh, brought in our recorder, I turned it on, and I even put it in place, uh, but I did not press the record button. And so what you'll find uh, for the Book of Ruth uh, is uh, the attachment on our website, uh, the the handy-dandy handout that I've been mentioning on all the other um, Wednesday night lessons that we've done. And I I thought that I would just simply record a a short uh, little lesson uh, overview that that might help y'all Uh, go through the book of Ruth as we have been for all these other books. With that in mind, uh, let's pray, and then I'll quickly walk through uh, that lesson that we went through uh, on the previous Wednesday night. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we do open up this book, uh, this book of Ruth, I pray that we would see you and that we would uh, see your goodness and your love and your mercy uh, to your people, uh, that you do not leave your people without a redeemer, uh, that you are our God, and that uh, you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. We pray in Jesus' name that we might see this. Amen. <clears throat> the book of Ruth, four chapters, uh, is centered around um, a really, really three characters, but but the, uh, I think we'll begin to see uh, some of the emphases as we move through. Uh, Naomi, uh, the widow uh, that's widowed in the first chapter, and, uh, and her two sons dying, uh, being left with two daughters-in-law that are Moabites, uh, Orpah and Ruth, uh, one of them leaving Orpah, and, and Ruth uh, committing herself uh, not only to Naomi, but to Naomi's God, and then returning to uh, Bethlehem in Judah, which is their hometown that they left due to a famine. Uh, they get back, and uh, the, that other character, Boaz, reveals himself. Uh, uh, God uh, places him uh, uh, and places Ruth where they need to be. And we'll see that as we march through uh, this little book and, and this short little lesson as we're, uh, as we're trying to, if you recall, by the way, uh, the, the emphasis of this lesson as we're trying to not go through the book verse by verse, uh, rather as we're going through and looking at some large thematic points that will greatly help uh, an individual reader, a reader who's going into this for Bible study, or uh, a reader who's perhaps trying to move through this with uh, his or her family, uh, whatever you might be doing, uh, my prayer and our emphasis in this series is that uh, we wouldn't see every jot and tittle Uh, as it were, uh, of the text, but that uh, we would see some large thematic points that would help us dive into it on our own uh, as we go about doing our studies uh, privately or together uh, with with other people. So, to begin, uh, the theme on the handout that I wrote is a good one. God does not leave his people without a redeemer. Uh, I believe that the book of Ruth uh, is emphasizing this, and I think that we'll see it in a couple different ways. Uh, but, but, uh, and perhaps the, the, there are three kind of larger points that we need to see. We'll see them quickly. Uh, the first one is that Ruth is about God from beginning to end. And this could seem, this could seem obvious uh, that, that Ruth is about God, and we find it in the Bible. And yet sometimes, it, particularly in the Old Testament, we can sometimes accidentally de-emphasize God as we read through these wonderful narratives 
uh, Ruth being uh, one of those wonderful stories that you could read all the way through. It's a it's a shorter book, four chapters. Uh, we can become enraptured in the love story and forget uh, that this story is not centered around Naomi. It's not centered around Ruth. It's not centered around Boaz. Yes, they are the main characters uh, that that God is providing for. That's the most important part is that there's something undergirding uh, these people, these people of God, uh, and it is God himself. Ruth is about God from beginning to end. We can see that in a couple kind of cool ways. Uh, They'll be obvious, I think, when we see them, but it's a good reminder as we open up the book of Ruth on our own to always remember the emphasis uh, that, that it is God and that God does not leave his people without a redeemer. This book is about God. The first is the family commitment of Ruth. Naomi, as I mentioned before, her husband died, her sons died. She's left with two daughters-in-law. She tells them to go away. Uh, She tells them to go back to their families. Orpah uh, agrees. She leaves. Uh, She kisses Naomi. It's sweet, but she leaves. Uh, Then we get verses 14, 15, 16, and 17. And uh, this is Ruth's commitment to Naomi. Uh, and yet, there, there is some language here uh, that, that reveals to us that God is working in Ruth, uh, is uh, to use the terms that we sometimes use, uh, perhaps um, causing her to be born again, quickening her soul and her spirit, melting her heart of stone and giving her a heart of flesh that she might see the living and true God. Uh, verse 14 of chapter 1. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Uh, That first uh, emphasis here, Orpah kissed her mother, uh, implying that, yes, it's a sweet moment. She kisses her, but then she departs. Uh, Verse 15, see, this is Naomi speaking, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Ruth doesn't kiss Naomi. Ruth clings to her. Uh, it's the same word that's used in Genesis uh, of, of to cleave to one another, like husband and wife, like Adam and Eve. Uh, there, there's a sense of, of covenantal cleaving, of, of joining. And so even in that language, we're beginning to see that Ruth is doing something different. Naomi is still trying to push her off, encouraging her like uh, Orpah just did to leave. Uh, but Ruth, this is 16, but Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And here's the most important one, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, his personal name, may Yahweh do so to me, and more so also, if anything but death parts me from you. So Naomi in verse 15 tells her to go away and to go to her gods, to go to her people and to her gods. Ruth says, don't tell me to leave. Uh, Your God is my God now. More than that, may that God, the one that I'm saying I believe in, do something to me. It's an oath. Uh, it's it's, it's a, uh, an oath before God saying, please, Lord, smite me down if I do anything except follow you and follow your people and be in fellowship with your people. Uh, Only God can do this. Uh, Ruth is about God from beginning to end, and we see in the very beginning that God is calling his daughter Ruth 
to himself uh, that she is now calling on him and the personal name of him, capital L-O-R-D in our English text, Yahweh uh, in the Hebrew. Jehovah is sometimes uh, the transliteration that we use. May, may Jehovah, may Yahweh do so to me and more also. She's calling out to her God. And so, verse 18, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. And so that's the first point, is that Ruth is about God from beginning to end, and we see that in family in the family commitment of Ruth. We also see it in a couple other ways. One is Boaz's typing of Jesus Christ. Now, the Old Testament in all kinds of different places reveals Jesus Christ to us through type, through shadow. Uh, we see it called a, a lot of different things in, in the New Testament. But even Jesus himself, uh, after uh, resurrection, speaking with the disciples, opens up uh, the Bible and says, listen, all of this Old Testament, all of this uh, Hebrew Bible, all of God's revelation to us up until now is revealing me, is about me, is about Jesus Christ. And so the book of Ruth is no different. And we see it in a lot of different ways, but Boaz is a very obvious one. Uh, Boaz types Jesus Christ in some wonderful ways. Uh, He is faithful unto his God. We see that in chapter 2. He is... um, uh, uh, the language that is used of Boaz uh, as as Ruth comes to him and he is providing for her as he is spreading his wing over her, uh, which is also an idiom meaning spreading his garment over her or protecting her. Uh, that language is used of God himself. Uh, it can even be a little confusing trying to figure out, are, are we talking about Boaz or are we talking about God? And the answer is yes, because God is using Boaz and Boaz is revealed something uh, quite wonderful. He's revealing uh, the Savior. And, and this is even, even more obvious as we see who Boaz is and where we are, uh, because we are in Bethlehem of Judah, uh, that, that little town and that little city of David, Bethlehem, where Jesus would be born. Uh, The reality is that Boaz himself is in the lineage of David, who is in the lineage of Jesus. Uh, Boaz is of the bloodline of the the true Messiah, the anointed one. And so there there is even as he is revealing in action uh, God, as he is revealing in action Jesus, he is also, uh, by merit of God's sovereign providence, uh, revealing Jesus uh, through family line. Uh, and, And so in God's wonderful sovereign will, we see in this little book that that it's all about him and that a plan is playing itself out uh, in a really, really wonderful way. A couple other ways that we see that Ruth is about God from beginning to end uh, is the use of God's personal name. I made mention of it when Ruth uh, spoke of Yahweh, uh, capital L-O-R-D, but uh, just briefly as we uh, peruse through the book, uh, we see that, that Naomi is speaking of Yahweh in chapter one, uh, verse six. Uh, she saw that uh, that in the fields uh, she heard in the fields of Moab that Yahweh had visited his people and given them food. Uh, verse eight. Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, "Go, return each to your mother's house. May Yahweh deal kindly with you. May God 
bless you. Verse 9, may God, may Yahweh grant that you may find rest. And then, of course, Ruth speaks of Yahweh. And then when they return to Bethlehem, Naomi speaks, and she says, don't call me Naomi. Naomi meaning pleasant uh, or, or um, uh, yes, pleasant. And then uh, she says, call me Mara. Uh, which means in the Hebrew, bitter. And so she's, that's in verse 20 of chapter 1. Uh, and then verse 21, she says, I went away full and Yahweh has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when Yahweh has testified against me? Uh, she speaks of Yahweh and of Yahweh's action and working. Uh, even when Ruth meets Boaz, uh, we see this man Boaz, and, and he is telling his servants, May Yahweh be with you. And they answer, Yahweh bless you. And then as Boaz is seeking to, uh, to help Ruth, the reason that he does so, he says, all that you, this is verse 11 of chapter 2, by the way, as we march through this, seeing the use of God's personal name. Uh, Boaz answered, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Verse 12, Yahweh repay you, and a full reward be given you by Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Uh, It goes on and on. Verse 20 of chapter 2, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed, speaking of Boaz, by Yahweh. Uh, We see God's name being evoked in so many different ways. Ruth chapter 3 verse 13, as Yahweh lives, I will redeem you. Uh, That's Boaz speaking, but listen to that language as we recall Boaz uh, revealing Jesus Christ uh, in a wonderful way. Uh, uh, Chapter 4, likewise, we see uh, just at the very end, and then we'll continue forward. This is after Ruth uh, is married to Boaz and a son is born to them. The The women said to Naomi, blessed be Yahweh. Uh, the emphasis from beginning to end is on God, and not just any God, but the God of Israel, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh. Ruth is about God from beginning to end. Okay, I think that I've emphasized that enough. I did the same thing in the Bible study. Hopefully, if you heard anything else, uh, if you stop listening now, you'll know that Ruth is about God. We saw that in his, his calling Ruth to himself. We saw that in Boaz's typing of Jesus Christ. And, it, and again, I didn't march through all the language, but if you look at the solid rock verses, you'll see what I mean as, as you realize that Boaz is seeking to redeem one of God's people, and not just any one of God's people, but uh, uh, the least of them, a poor young woman uh, who has nothing and yet is given everything uh, uh, as, as uh, God provides for her. All right, the next thing that we need to see as we're looking at the book of Ruth to help us to dive into it is that God's law sets up the story. Uh, Maybe I'll just say this. God's law reveals God because God's law is God's word from which we know his character. God's law reveals God because God's law is God's word, from which we know his character. Uh, 
all right? Uh, We see in God's word, in the Bible as a whole, who God is. We see his justice. We see his mercy, his grace. We see all of these things that he reveals to us perfectly by his word, the Bible. And Ruth is in a really wonderful and beautiful setup to where we can we can see it playing out practically. Uh, God's law reveals who God is, and, and, and we see that here in Ruth, and we can easily miss it. This is where I would, I would draw your attention to the connection portion of uh, the handout, uh, the, the PDF that's online. If, you're, if, you're, uh, uh, if you don't have one in, uh, in your hand, you might have it on your computer. Uh, and and you see here, and, and I won't march through all of it now, uh, but there are some very important laws that God has prescribed in the Pentateuch, that is the first five books of the Bible, uh, that we see uh, uh, playing out in Ruth in a gracious and merciful manner. Uh, the, the law of God reveals his character, and, and it is not... It is not simply a means by which uh, we are convicted of sin only or a restraint of evil only or a lesson for how we might live only. Those are three uses of God's law. And yet we see the primary use of God's law, which is just like all of Scripture, that that God's character is revealed. And as we begin to see who God is, we can see who we are, and we can see that we need God to save us. And that's when those three uses of the law play out. But, but it comes from this moment where uh, in life itself, as God's law is, is, is uh, being practically done, uh, Jesus is revealed. Uh, uh, redemption is revealed. And, and just a march through will show that. Uh, Ruth, for instance, gleans in the field of Boaz. Gleaning meaning she's going and picking up uh, uh, the things that have been left behind as the uh, workers are working in the field. She's going and picking up uh, just a little bit of food. That, that law is found in Leviticus 19, verses 9 and 10. Chapter 23, verse 22, Deuteronomy 24, 19. Another example is that Ruth is treated with the full legal rights of a sojourner. Uh, Typically, a sojourner would have no rights in a nation. Uh, They are not uh, citizens, as it were. They didn't have a vote, maybe, would be a a language that we could use now uh, in the 21st century context. Uh, and, And yet, here, God is saying uh, in his law that, that the sojourner is to be treated equally with the same rights not to be taken advantage of. And we see that law in Leviticus 24, verse 22, Numbers chapter 9, verse 14, chapter 15, verses 14 through 16. Uh, we see this laid out particularly uh, that, that God's people, uh, particularly, yes, uh, is the nation of Israel. And yet, time and time again, God calls the sojourner into the into his own uh, uh, fold, as it were, uh, he brings other sheep in, uh, those of his uh, that are wandering from the flock, and brings them in. Ruth is a wonderful example of that, and we'll see that in the third uh, uh, emphasis point. 
But as we continue through this second one, that God's law is setting up the story, which is very important for us as we dig into this, because because if we miss the fact that Ruth is going and gleaning in the field of Boaz in chapter 2, that's the reason she could do that. Uh, If we see that uh, she's not taken advantage of, but Boaz seeks to protect her, uh, we would miss the fact that Boaz is revealing God's law and revealing the right application of God's law. Likewise, if we don't know the reason for Ruth going uh, to the to the barn, uh, to the threshing floor, uh, to, to sleep at the feet of Boaz, and then Boaz uh, in this wonderful moment saying, yes, daughter, I will redeem you. And then going in chapter 4 uh, to the gates uh, where the elders would make decisions. And as he goes to that place where decisions are made and he seeks to redeem her, he goes through the process that's been laid out by the law of God in Leviticus 25 verses 48 and 49, Numbers 27 verse 11, Deuteronomy chapter 25 uh, verses 5 through 10. This reality is is uh, is all laid out, and, and there's nothing. How do I say this? It it is special and yet so ordinary because God has prescribed this uh, uh, before the events that took place, and so the specialness is is seeing that God has put into place the wonderful uh, stop gaps to protect His people. And so God's law is setting up the story. I hope that you see that. And, and that is really fleshed out in the connection portion of, uh, of the handout. Uh, read that. Look up the uh, different laws that are informing uh, Ruth because it, it, it will begin to reveal in a, in a more beautiful way uh, the, the story itself and kind of the, uh, the sinew, uh, the you know, not not the meat necessarily, but the tendons and the and the bones, all the things that are holding the wonderful story together. God's law sets up the story. The last point, and and, and again, please remember, uh, even when I was doing this on Wednesday, uh, we're not going through verse by verse. I trust that you will be going through and seeing these things on your own uh, with a mind's eye for them, that Ruth is about God, that God's law sets up the story. And then this last uh, point, this last uh, overarching thematic point that will help us to see uh, uh, Jesus in the text is that God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. If you recall with me, maybe you've heard this parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew 18, that there was a a shepherd uh, with a a big flock of sheep, uh, in fact, 99. Uh, Really, though, there was 100 because one was lost. And so what does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99 and goes and searches for the one lost sheep. And if you remember the emphasis of that text, Jesus is saying that that the shepherd finds the lost sheep and that there is more rejoicing in heaven and on earth as for that one lost sheep than for the 99 that were never lost or never in danger to begin with. Ruth is a living example of the truth that Jesus is is, um, revealing in that parable of the lost sheep. Uh, uh, 
Ruth is a Moabitess, a Moabite, a Gentile. Uh, Ruth, uh, Ruth's gods are not, are not the people of Israel's one true God. And so when you think about what had to happen for Ruth to come into the flock, to come into the fold, for the shepherd to find this lost sheep in Ruth, well, a lot had to happen. A famine happened. Not only did a famine happen, but a family left their hometown and went into foreign territory. Not only did they go into foreign territory, but they took foreign wives. Once they did, all the men of the family died. Once that happened, the famine stopped and there was a call back to Bethlehem. And God quickened Ruth in that moment. But it took a famine and it took death. And that is God's providence playing out in a, in a war-torn and corrupted world. Uh, and, and even then, even in, all, in the midst of all of this difficulty and, and terrible circumstance, God is working and calling his people to himself. God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. Uh, think about what had to happen to get her uh, uh, um, back into the fold. This also was a, 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 there was a really good question from the audience at this moment during the Bible study. And I would be remiss if I didn't at least bring it up because the question was this. God's good providence called Ruth uh, from Moab and from her lowercase g gods and, and called her into the fold, uh, saved her, caused her to be born again, to profess faith in capital L-O-R-D, the great I am, uh, Yahweh himself. But what about Orpah? That was the question. What about Orpah? Was it God's providence uh, that, that she would turn away, that she would kiss Naomi uh, crying but leave nonetheless? Uh, and and uh, as we were speaking, and, and uh, it was a very long conversation, one that uh, can't be uh, uh, done kind of outside of the context that it happened in, and yet uh, uh, the, the baseline was this. Uh, that that we should be very humbled to realize that God would call sinners to himself and that in his good providence he has seen fit uh, that some would believe when truly none should. And so the humility that we have and that we put on because of what God has done for us, why me and why not Orpah? Uh, the Orpas in your life uh, should be uh, moments of great humility for you and call to action for you at the same time. Humility in that you don't deserve the grace of God in his calling. Uh, and at the same time, uh, because he has heaped upon you love and grace and blessing, uh, just as Ruth uh, had that heaped upon her in this story, uh, we should be uh, desirous to serve and to reveal that God who saves, uh, Yahweh even. And so, again, I would be remiss not to bring that up. Uh, if you have questions, um, please feel free to, uh, to, to call me. We can discuss it more discuss it maybe with your your minister in the church that you attend or uh, or something like that
Um, but back to this point, God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. Uh, think about what had to happen to get her there, and then remember uh, the just so happened. So Ruth is called. Uh, all of those things happen. You think, my goodness, what a story. She's here now. But then the story continues. And in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3, uh, it's this wonderful, vague, and uh, almost absurd language. Uh, verse 3, so she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. She just so happened to come to the part of the field. This happens often in the Old Testament particularly. She just so happened to come across the field. Just like a large fish just so happened to be swimming in the vicinity of Jonah and just so happened to swallow him whole. Just like a wandering man, unnamed and unknown, just so happened to be in the field when Joseph, the younger brother, came looking for his older ones who would then sell him into slavery into Egypt. The wandering man just so happened to be there and just so happened to know where his brothers were. Genesis 37. Uh, what, what, what wonderful moments of not coincidence but providence that that God would put into place these just so happened in our lives and, and that God would work in these wonderfully ordinary ways uh, and 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 he he continued to do that uh, that she she happened into this field with Boaz and that and that Boaz overcome with with uh, um, joy for what Ruth had done, blessed her with an ephah of flour, uh, rather barley, in Ruth chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, this, this provision for her, this providence for her, uh, we should not forget. Lastly, God's good providence being put on display in chapter 4. There was someone before Boaz who should have redeemed Ruth. And yet, because of extenuating circumstances, uh, uh, be them sinful or not, the man couldn't do it. Uh, and his name uh, it was never mentioned in chapter 4. Now, Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. Uh, so Boaz said, turn aside, friend. Sit down here. This moment is missed in the English, and yet in the Hebrew, it's a thus and so. It's just a nobody. It's a so and so who walked by, unimportant to the text, because in God's good providence, he had a plan that Boaz would be the the line through which uh, uh, Christ would be born, that Ruth would be a part of that same line, and that that line would be the line of Judah. And that line would go all the way through history, right unto Bethlehem again, when Jesus was born uh, by uh, 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 miraculous birth, uh, Joseph and Mary. And so uh, th this reality that God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth goes beyond just Ruth because Boaz was in a certain place in a certain time. He just so happened to be there. And that moment was set in a redemptive narrative uh, that just so happened 
to save you and me. Uh, the so-and-so of chapter 4, uh, verse 1, is very important because uh, in his unredemption, uh, we see Boaz fully revealing Jesus Christ and fully revealing the line of Jesus Christ uh, in salvation. And, and you really see that in the last part of chapter 4, 18 through 22. The generations of Perez, Perez being the son of Judah, by the way. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram Aminadab, Aminadab Nashon, Nashon Salmon, Salmon Boaz, Boaz Obed, Obed Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. David is the king, and that is the call uh, to God's people. Now to close, uh, and we'll close quickly, uh, we, we saw three things that hopefully will help you open up the book of Ruth. We saw that Ruth is about God, uh, that God's law sets up the story, and that God's good providence is put on display in Ruth, uh, that the gospel is portrayed not only for her as God is working distinctly uh, for her and on her behalf, and that, that God does the same for us. Uh, more than that, that there's a large redemptive narrative playing itself out in the providences that God is laying out, even here in this small narrative, in this, in this very small town, when the judges were judging, uh, Boaz redeems Ruth. Uh, we see God's providence uh, in, in um, uh, the messianic line in Jesus himself uh, being seen in his bloodline. There's a final thing that I think needs to be seen, and this is how we typically uh, begin and end this. I didn't begin it this time, but I'm going to end uh, with it. Uh, the book of Ruth is a good name for the book, and, and yet uh, there is a moment where God is providing for his people, and he's not just providing for Ruth. As I said before, God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. And so the gospel is strongly seen in her redemption by her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. And yet there is another character who is experiencing massive and serious redemption during the trials and tribulation of life on a corrupted and sinful world where death happens, where sadness happens, where sorrow happens, where turmoil and hunger and desperation, powerlessness, all of these things are playing themselves out, and it's in the person of Naomi. The story begins with Naomi. Uh, uh, in the day, this is chapter one, verse one. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi. So then it goes on. Ruth, of course, is loyal to Naomi, quickened by God to confess him as the one true God. But then Naomi returns with Ruth and they say, is this Naomi? She says, don't call me that anymore. Call me Mara for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And so Naomi, all of a sudden, is not pleasant. She is struggling in this life, uh, just as we struggle, and uh, just as there is real and serious trial and tribulation that happens uh, because either of our own sin, because of the sin of others, because of the turmoil of this world in general, because of its corrupted nature. Uh, uh, but, but Naomi is in the thick of it, as it were. 
And so we see this story continue. Of course, Ruth and Boaz, and and we see this emphasis on uh, this this redemption playing itself out, and we we focus in, and yet Naomi, time and time again, makes these appearances. Chapter 2, verse 1, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, uh, so it places it with Naomi. Verse 6, she is the young servant woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Uh, Verse 20, and Naomi said to her daughter-in-law that Naomi is a very real part of the story uh, that we shouldn't forget about. Uh, Naomi is the instigator in a lot of ways, helping Ruth to see what needs to happen and what needs to happen next. Uh, Perhaps God is going to bless them. Uh, Naomi is holding all of this close. And then we come to the very end in chapter 4. And so we began with Naomi. And here we end with Naomi. Uh, This is after Ruth uh, and Boaz marry. This is after a baby was born. Uh, um, And and as uh, Obed is coming onto the scene, the baby, Obed, uh, listen to what the women say and to whom it is that they address it. This is verse 13 of chapter 4. So Boaz took Ruth. And she became his wife, and he went into her, and the and the Lord, that is Yahweh, gave her conception, and she bore a son. Here it comes. Then the women said to who? They said to Naomi, Blessed be Yahweh, who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. They're speaking to Naomi not to Ruth. And so God's good providence and love for his people is definitely put on display in Ruth. And yet God's people, the ones who struggle and the ones who uh, who are put through the ringer, which uh, as we live our lives, we begin to realize uh, might be uh, might just be all of us. We remember the theme of the book of Ruth. God does not leave his people without a redeemer. Blessed be Yahweh who has not left you this day without a redeemer. Speaking to Naomi. Uh, Don't forget Naomi. The bookends of this book, uh, the very beginning and the very end, you see that she was not left without a redeemer. And so too are we. Uh, We are not left without a redeemer. God calls his people to himself and Ruth uh, uh, through redeemers, uh, through, through Jesus Christ ultimately, and through this kinsman redeemer of Boaz. We see God's good news, that gospel revealed, that he is the one who saves, that he is the one who calls people to himself. And then at the very end, we realize uh, from from very start to very finish, thick and thin, as God, uh, as we confess God uh, as our uh, King, Savior, Creator, uh, as we uh, sing loud and praise unto him, as we seek his glory, we can know for certain that he does not leave his people without a Redeemer. That is the emphasis of the book of Ruth. Uh, I pray that this little, uh, uh, this little lesson has helped, and uh, that a part of it might have resonated, uh, that you might be able to take this and, and go into personal study of your own. Remember, Ruth is about God from beginning to end. God's law sets up the story. God's good providence and love for his people is put on display in Ruth. And as we see with Naomi, God does not leave his people without a redeemer. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the book of Ruth. Thank you that you do not leave your people without a redeemer. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we see Jesus even in the book of Ruth as Boaz uh, is but a shadow of, uh, of Jesus and what he did. Yet we see Jesus even there, and we hold fast to that redemption. We hold fast uh, even to the small providences, uh, the just-so-happened of our lives. God, I pray that you will help us to see it, that you will give us clarity as we seek your glory, as we seek your praise, and as we seek to live our lives in accords with what you have set out before us in your word. Lord, help us to study it often. Help us to steep ourselves in your word. Help us to be amongst the fellowship of the saints. Lord, we thank you for who you are for what you've done for us, uh, even in the midst of trial and tribulation, even in the midst of famine, even in the midst of death and of sadness and of poverty. Lord, we thank you that you are there and that you do not leave us without a redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen.